Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you don't know me already, I am married to Daryl. We have been married for 28 years. We have eight kids, five boys, three girls, and they're ages 13 to 26. We also have four grandkids and two son-in-laws. <laughs> I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler. If you haven't had a chance to check out that simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Hop over to Amazon, and it's really easy to find. I think you'll love it. If you haven't connected with me already, um, you can connect with me on social media at Facebook under Dorenda Wilson and Instagram at Dorenda Lee Wilson. Also on my blog, DorendaWilson.com. Notice the theme there? Trying to keep things consistent. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to leave a review or a rating, I would greatly appreciate it. Leave comments, leave ideas for future podcasts, whatever. Just go there and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Today, I am talking about freedom in homeschooling, and I have a real treat. Today, my two daughters, Brittany and Jenna, the oldest of the clan, are joining me. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Glad to be here. (laughs) Thanks for having us. We just had to finish. uh, We had to quit giggling first before we could start this thing. And, you know, I'm doing the mom thing. Hush, hush, you two, hush. We're trying to start this thing. (laughs) So we're going to have some fun today. They're going to give you some perspective uh, from the kids' point of view, which I think a lot of homeschooling moms really appreciate because, you know, we're all worried about messing our kids up, right? Yeah, I had the same concerns. And uh, so far, so good. <laughs> They're not too messed up. Yay! <laughs> so Brittany and Jenna are both wives and moms. They are 26 and 24. Um, Brittany has um, three kids. Um, little Isaac, who went to be with the Lord just before he was born four years ago. Mm-hmm. She also has Nate, who is three years old, and Ella, who is a year and a half. And Jenna has a little girl named Abby, and she is three years old. So those three little squirts are at our house right now. um, Sleeping. They're sleeping, so it's quiet over there. But (laughs) we decided not to take any chances, and so we went, hopped over to the cottage, which is a little Airbnb that we have here in uh, Mount Airy, and uh, to try to record this and, and hope for silence. You know, my husband might walk in at any moment, but the children won't be screaming. So they've been having a lot of fun together, haven't yes. they? Oh, yes. <laughs> Running around like wild banshees. Screaming and just having a good old time. And my husband, well, you know how men are. He can just nap right through it, you know? Isn't that amazing? I'm, it's mm-hmm. it's disgusting is what it is. It's I'm unfair. so jealous. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's get to our topic. Um, Today we're going to talk about freedom and homeschooling. So one of the things that I really emphasize in my book is homeschooling in a way that's a good fit for your family. And one of the other ways I like to put it is homeschooling from where you are, because we are all in very different places. So um, we have to consider where we live, uh, subcultures. You know, we've got our general culture, but then we have a subculture within those cultures, depending on what part of the country we live in, um, our own background, uh, our family culture, uh, what our husband does for work. Uh, if we're in, you know, if babies are coming every two years, it's kind of a big deal, you know? And um, it changes how you have to do things. Uh, you, you could be 
could have teenagers or babies and teenagers at the same time. We know about that, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. (laughs) Um, You could be single. You could be widowed. You could be working part-time. You could have uh, an active church life or a ministry that you're involved in. Uh, The number of children you have, their ages, and how you're wired as a mom. Those are all just, that is just the tip of the iceberg of the variables that play in to the equation of how you're going to homeschool. So can you hear how vast and varied our situations are? They are so different. So it makes sense that our, our style of homeschooling would be different as well. And yet all of us tend to think it has to look a certain way, um, totally forgetting this long old list that I just read through, and there's more on top of that, that makes a difference in how we have to approach our homeschooling days. So we're going to I have Brittany and Jenna here, so I'm going to talk about what our uh, lifestyle was as a family and all of that, and I'm going to let them chime in and give their perspective on how it affected them and what their perspective was on it. Um, And you'll hear it's not all perfect, you know, none of our situations are, but God used it and... um, and that is what he had for our family. We believe in his sovereignty over our lives. And so we know that he had us right where he wanted us for his own reasons. So probably one of the biggest things that played into our situation was that we had eight kids in less than 12 and a half years. Um, and they were all approximately two years apart. Most of them were a little less than two years apart. So I could not spend a ton of time working with each child. (laughs) And um, so I had them working independently as soon as possible. Okay, so you girls remember this. I had you help with the youngers. And did that always go smoothly? Depended on the younger. (laughs) Not on the older, of course. No, no, of course not. (laughs) I'll hinge it on them. How was that for you? I know, uh, Brittany, you, you kind of took on the teaching them to read thing. Yeah. So you, I think you took over from Ben down. So that was our fourth one down. Yeah. 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 Teaching them to read. It was really good practice. Gave mm-hmm. me lots of confidence to teach my own kids to read. I'm not concerned about that. And I right. kind of know what I want to do and it's low key. Right. You know, maybe something for short attention spans. <laughs> I could be the kid. That could be me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> How about you, Jenna? Oh, I don't... What did I help with? Was it math? I, I think you probably jumped in on math, but I think the biggest help you were was with the little littles. Like oh, the yeah, babies. the babies. Yeah. She's like... Because once really they have their own it. opinion, I'm like, see ya. <laughs> oh, I'm and guess what? She has a three-year-old now. <laughs> I have a three-nager. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and can, I can just say this. It's rather entertaining to watch and somewhat gratifying and hopefully she won't smack me since I'm within hitting distance here. <laughs> Easy hitting distance. <laughs> um, but there's so many variables in the in the equation with all these kids and all these different ages, and they're always growing and changing. You know, your your little three month old that sits in the seat nice and still and doesn't get into anything. You know, Sleeping. five months later is crawling <laughs> and getting into everything and eating gross things off the floor when you're not looking, like dust bunnies. <laughs> That's really gross. That's really gross. Dry mouth. Oh, Mm -hmm. stink bugs. Right? Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, of course, that was the youngest one. He's a whole story in of himself, but that's that's a whole other podcast. Ongoing story. (laughs) 
He's his own podcast entirely. That's right. That's right. So the only way, because of all these variables, the only way that I could keep from getting overwhelmed was to keep a really simple routine both at home and with our schoolwork. You know, our our schoolwork was simple. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think, I've, I've not heard any complaints from any of the kids as adults that that it was that way, like they felt like they were ripped off or cheated or... No, no, no not at all. Okay. Nope. Good to know. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to have a, a simple schedule because then you have free time. Right. You mm-hmm. know, to go do something else that refreshes your brain. Right. And you're ready I was to say hit, something you know, you're actually interested again. in. <laughs> something what? You're actually interested in. Right. <laughs> Besides math. But let's just... Say, I feel like basics, you know, the basics, that's what I felt like I needed to equip you with. I wasn't mm-hmm. really responsible for a whole lot more than that. I mm-hmm. let your interests um, lead you mm-hmm. in those other areas, even in history and science from science? kindergarten to eighth grade. I don't ever remember doing an actual science <laughs> curriculum ever. Um, I think I had to dissect something for a high school, school credit. credit. We all right? did together. But I passed the state, the state testing, which, you know... I don't feel like that's saying much because it's state testing, it's standardized testing. But um, I passed my science test just on knowledge that I'd collected from different from educational shows we'd watched, wow. actually. So, yeah, you never know. <laughs> you, d- you don't know. And, and yeah, I think it was just a, one of those things where every day it was like I kind of could feel where my limits were and mm-hmm. I had to stay within those and trust that even though it was simple and basic, and I knew if anybody else was looking in that they would go, what? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that no one did and uh, that the one I had to answer to really was God. And, and um, of course, I talked a lot of it over with, you know, my husband because I, I needed him to be on the same page with me. I got had to have someone in my corner. We were severely outnumbered. Um, <laughs> So one, one of the other factors we had was that my husband worked at home. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, I would love for my husband to be home all the time. No, you Can wouldn't. I just say it's not all it's cracked up to be. There are benefits, but it was frustrating at times. Do you guys remember when we, you guys would be doing schoolwork and all of a sudden dad would come blowing into the door from wherever he was? Where's my hammer? Somebody took my hammer. My red-handled screwdriver. Yes. Is it? That's stupid <laughs> screwdriver. Everybody's got to get up and go look for the screwdriver. And oh man, you talk about derailing the freight train. And he like has this presence, like he wears his mood on his sleeve and you it just like rolls off of him and takes over the entire right, room and there's right. like really nothing anyone can do to stop it it's just a freight train like, even if he says nothing i tell him he sucks up the room when he walks in and he's not a big man there's he's got a big presence and yeah that lion d personality right he just cannot help that's it. right and we'll talk about that just a little bit later because <laughs> this is the girl that uh, is a great resource for for that information um so it was, but it was also good that he was available if there was emergency, an emergency, you know, like blood. I, mm-hmm. I, I really fire. prefer not to do blood. And so I loved Bold. if he was there and I could say, honey, look at this wound. Check it out. Do we need to go to the hospital? And, you Stays know, worthy? Yes, exactly, no. exactly. And another thing we learned a lot about was how to assess if a wound was stitch worthy or not. <laughs> Thank right. you, Jake. If it's like squirting blood, yeah, you should probably, you know, pack everybody up. And, and for the record, swelling is good. 
Right. If it swells, that's a good thing. <laughs> out, not in. <laughs> out, not in. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See how much they learned all over these years? And yeah. But so we could have passed that. state standardized what do you call it? first aid. There you go. I did. But, okay. <laughs> I experienced <laughs> See? a little. There, there you go. Okay, so... Um, so there was the good and the bad. And also, you know, I think one of the good things also was that when I was like, you know, at the tipping point, like one more step and I'm over the edge, I could call on him and say, help me. This you know? is good. The <laughs> response varied. The response varied. But I think for the most part, he would just, he would go in and start administrating everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, at least it was something, you know, he went in, he did something. Gave you a chance to go run right. into your room and hide. Or outside and breathe. And, and the switching of the guard allowed a few of us to slip out of the room quietly. This so is true. Good. There was the always the escape tactics. Wait a second. We are really good at this so-and-so in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever finish their math? You know? Oh, my God. Took gosh. off for the woods about an hour and a half ago. Right. Now they're outside <laughs> learning about physics and, you know, the environment and all that, you know. How to build a wigwam. How to build... <laughs> So another factor, as you can tell from our talking, that we lived in the country. So that meant we could have a lot of animals, and a lot of homeschooling mm-hmm. came out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, animals are work, and so there was a work ethic that grew out of that. Um, animals get sick. They get loose. They need to be milked. They escape. They, they get mastitis. Wa- they need to be watered in <laughs> sub-zero temperatures while you wear snowshoes and haul five-gallon buckets of water. Have you ever hauled milk up a hill, an icy hill? Like, it's so precarious. It's impossible. It's yeah. So these are the tense. things that they got mm-hmm. to experience. You know, animals die. We had to put... had Animals are born deformed. Yep. And had to be put down. And so what... You know, what... Do you feel like from that experience, just even just having animals, what do you feel like you kind of was your takeaway when it was all said We down? somehow missed how the birds and the bees worked to like to we well animals? into teenagerhood. Like we didn't even, we didn't get it. It went like right over our heads. Um, <laughs> so that we didn't learn, which is good. But yeah, um, some of us, some <laughs> of us just were like, okay. No explanation needed, Mom. We don't even need to have this talk. No. <laughs> I, I know. I remember that day. Mm-hmm. I was like my husband made some reference, you know, we, we thought, you know, up to that point, nobody really got, got it when he did that, right? Well, <laughs> it's turning green in the <laughs> All of a sudden, I look over <clears throat> at Brittany and I'm like, she knows. Like, she knows. And she, I was like, you know, don't you? And she's like, um, yeah. And I said, how? She goes, animals, mom? I was oh. like, then I'm the one who missed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a bad thing. You're ready when you're ready. Well, I specifically asked you not to tell me a thing about it. Just <laughs> let me figure it out on my own. <laughs> she did. I said as long as you promise not to go to somebody else for that no. information. If you really do want to know, right. please ask us. And just, yeah. But anyway, yeah. animal husbandry. We learned. I think it gave me a tougher a skin for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it definitely raises your tolerance. You know, when you're in the middle of the night and you've jumped into snow pants and you stuffed your nightgown in it and you were out there (laughs) putting the goat away and trying to fix frozen mangled metal fence with your bare hands and it's you know one in the morning on a january night right not my most halloween moment (laughs) (laughs) anyway we won't um, go into detail they give you a tough skin they teach you responsibility that somebody's relying on you without it actually being a human being that pressure just yet (laughs) that came with my kids and they are 
Can I just say they are a lot harder than animals? Animals, you feed them in the morning and the night. They're good the rest of the day. <laughs> they go off in the woods. Toddlers are that way, but they are that way all day long. So you need to learn to cut yourself some Mine slack. just won't stop talking. Like, please, please, just a moment of silence. <laughs> Oh my gosh! She watches Charlie and Lola, so it's great. She has a speech, but she every now and then pulls out this British accent. (laughs) We're like, is she is she talking like a British person? Never, not ever eat a tomato. (laughs) Somebody hand her a cup of tea. So, (laughs) except she might dump it on the floor. Yeah, we don't know. She prefers pink milk. Oh right, yes, that was a whole other thing. So. So we um, basically, you know, we're, we lived in the country. We did not really have much in the way of neighbors. We were 25 minutes really from any semblance of civilization. Um, so we had to deal with each other. You know, there was no escaping. Siblings had to, you know, fight it out, learn to be friends. Where we stuck Sam out in the snow in his bare feet and shut the door. Yes. Because <laughs> he'd been needling everybody all day. So he got to spend five minutes in the snow. We were done with him. <laughs> It's a good thing we're past the point of seeing Mom and Dad were not home. Right. Don't worry. This does not fall on them. We they let were him gone. back in within five minutes. Yes, yeah. in my defense, they were babysitting. They were babysitting, and we were well into teenhood. But some but kids learn best that way. Yep. So that is He's right. one of them. Mm-hmm. That's right. We so we tossed him. him outside in his Thomas the Train underwear. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. on. We love him anyway. He's <laughs> matured do. since he then. and grown to a lovely young man. I'm he pretty has. sure we opened Very the door good. back up on the first, like, scream, you know. But Right. It, it, you got your point across. That was But, you know, we had to deal with each other. Right. Yeah. And many times, our friends couldn't drive out to see us, right? So right. we were pretty much out there together learning to be a team Mm -hmm. um whatever it took um going anywhere was a commitment you know we had snow in the winter so the kids shoveled snow the power went out we had lots of spontaneous work you know Mm -hmm. when the power went out or you know somebody had a blowout or you know what was great though was that like you were saying we didn't have a lot of people nearby but there were some neighbors you know within a Mm -hmm. (laughs) 15 mile radius i don't know but basically it taught us that you do depend on those around you, and it right. pays to be kind to your neighbors mm-hmm. because they could be the ones shoveling you out of your driveway. Exactly. And vice versa. Or helping you get your car unstuck. I remember right. walking down to a neighbor's house and helping her shovel her driveway and shovel off her roof because the snow load was getting so heavy I this year. That. Right. Jake I and I went. We actually ended up I'm having the best nice time. As you. We made up the weirdest songs just to kind of keep our lips from freezing while right, we were out there. Right. And it was great. It was just one of those lifelong lessons where, hey, you know, this is my neighbor. I'm digging her out and right. helping her, but she's probably going to be bringing me supplies one time right, or just right. refueling my car. Who knows? Exactly. You just never exactly. Know. And even if you don't see each other that much, there is that camaraderie that comes with bad weather. And <laughs> yes. I think also you had to learn to trust God on a whole new level because we'd be out on the property Doing some pretty extreme sledding. Right. Or some of it, like, can I just say, I didn't hear about she it until later. So until, yeah. I did, I did try. One of them took, <laughs> one of them took a video of their ride down the hill. And that about terrified me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I think we need to but make some adjustments us. here. She <laughs> trusted us. Not enough, not enough yeah. to get us a trampoline till we were quite a bit older, but <laughs> enough to let us go and like, experiment and explore and exactly yeah Yeah. so we had all this snow we had to um, 
decide how much of this spontaneous work would actually take us away from the book work, right? Can right. this wait? Mm-hmm. Should we stick with it? So it was a, a daily decision that we had to make um, when, as things came up. And, and that's really, really what homeschooling is. It's very fluid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People want to make it, you know, really tangible and like a checklist, but it is not. It is a lifestyle. Well, and kids you know? aren't going to learn solid character from book work. Right. There right. Not. You you learn about character. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have character. Yeah. Right. And and so those are two. That's one. That's one thing that I struggle with with these character lessons and things. Mm-hmm. I've never gone through a character curriculum. The character curriculum that happened at our house was real life. Mm-hmm. They have you character know? curriculum. They do. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Okay. See, I told you they've Story never time seen with it. The Millers, don't you remember? What, it, it can't. It's, I'm not saying it's bad, and I'm not right. saying it's not useful, but it is. I, I think a, a higher priority to get your kid to in there working exactly, yeah. and to understand it and live it out. Maybe before they even can even give it a name. Yeah. You know. So um, there's that. Okay. So our kids did go to classes once a week mm-hmm. um, at a, a parent partnership program called HomeLink. And it was a whole bunch of homeschooling kids, but they had some really great classes yeah. there. And that was kind of a... More enrichment. Was, than it was. Anything. More enrichment. It wasn't core. All of our core stuff, you know, our basics, our three hours were done at home. But some of those extra things, drama, mm-hmm. art, you know. The I things even, we really remember. Right. Well. Even, even if you needed a little extra boost in math. Yeah. Or, right. You, know, you could take a class to kind of help. Right. You know, like a math tutoring class or something. Mm -hmm. But the thing about homeschooling the way we did, I felt like my job was to give you guys the basics. And those were actually the tools that you would use to go out from there Mm -hmm. for your Mm -hmm. higher learning. And and that seemed, I don't know why, but it seemed like God put that on my heart way early on before, you know, I even had kids like, I need to do it this way. And I I didn't know why, but it seemed to make sense. (laughs) So I went with it. Um, and that's the important thing. We want our kids to be able to read so that they can, you know, obviously there's a myriad of reasons why, but it certainly is going to lend itself to them learning a lot more over the years, you know, writing. Um, I did never really did a writing curriculum, but we did, a. uh, they would read every day and write a summary of what they wrote. And so that was kind of one of the main ways that our kids learned writing. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but then there's Jenna who... Both of our girls are fantastic writers, and I keep telling them, you've got to start a blog, you've got to do something. <laughs> and they will eventually. They're busy with their little ones right now, but... Um, Getting to a good spot. Jenna, I, I just remember specifically, I know Brittany journaled a lot. Is that what you... You did a lot of that for writing? Journaling. I also had to uh, keep a lot of records with having lots of right. animals to keep track right. of, you know. Just... I remember, I ran into things, those records that were so tediously kept. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, this over analytical personality. <laughs> but yeah. But it worked. I would have been mm-hmm. like, what's that goat's name again? <laughs> <laughs> you know your name. Get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but your writing, you liked, it seems like you did more like, I did creative writing. Creative or? writing. I did the gamut, really. Mm-hmm. Like, as a kid, I liked creative writing a little bit more because, um... I hadn't had as much life experience, right. but um, as an adult, I prefer more realistic, something that's going to actually help somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, so those are all variables in our equation of homeschooling. Um, so what did, is there anything you can mention in addition to what we already talked about that you liked or did not like about living so far out? Um. 
friends didn't come over very often for one thing. Um, we didn't go a lot of places and we couldn't do, um, like I wanted to do like some high school sports and stuff like that. And that was just not an option. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also taught me to learn to exercise by myself and be self-motivated in that area. Which she totally is. Very, very. (laughs) She loves it. It's a passion It's it's a passion and a hobby for you. And yeah. And you know, as a mom. not getting to take sports, it's still a passion. Wow. Things worked out. (laughs) And you know, can I say from a mom's perspective, it was a little hard because there were things that I knew, like I knew she, that was a desire of her heart. I was more of a social butterfly. So it was really hard for me sometimes to be right. at home so much. Right. It was hard for me too. Now I love being home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think on the, on the one hand that that part was probably frustrating, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, now as stay at home moms, you have a real understanding of what you're not disillusioned about right, what right. it means to be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Like no. your, your life is probably more social than it ever was. <laughs> well, and you know, can I just say it's a good thing to learn your limits, mm-hmm. exactly. especially as a stay at home mom. You can only do so many things. It's right? not a so bad when thing. You grow up and you're like, well, I live far out, so I can't put that in my schedule. Yeah. You, you learn to. Accept figure out what limits. to say no to right and accept and, limits and be earlier. content with the boundaries and it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing for your kid to be not completely happy with everything every aspect of their lives That's it's okay realistic. for them to be a little frustrated because <laughs> life is full of that i love that now some of you moms might need to hit rewind and listen to that again because the mom guilt is so real it's so real and Nobody it can warn you enough about no, that before no. you have children right? like, there's just oh no way gosh. to explain it <laughs> So hear what she said. It's okay if your kids aren't happy with everything you're doing or where you are or the way you are. We set the example as the moms and the parents that we're going to accept and live within these whatever boundaries God has clearly put on our family. You know, like you said, living out in the country could be hard socially. It was for me. I'm a people person, and I didn't realize until later looking back how hard that was for me sometimes. But I would ask myself in the situation when I was feeling it, I, I would say, Lord, are we supposed to be somewhere else? Are we supposed to do some, something else? And and I would never, like, I couldn't see us anywhere else. So I knew this is where God had us for whatever reason. And we just had to keep trucking through it. And, and we did. Um, so one of the other things that is a variable in the equation is how you're wired as a mom. So... Um, I was overwhelmed at the thought of making our homeschooling work around eight different learning styles. You know, when that, that first came out while I was in the middle of homeschooling, it was oh, like, it oh, you know, every, you, you should listen to this radio show. They talk about learning styles and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> Information overload. The internet would have shut you down. Right. <laughs> and then I'm kind of like feeling slightly guilty like I can't really cater to this and is this a bad thing and again it was like Lord do I do I need to do this and it was like it didn't stop feeling overwhelming so I didn't do it but this is really interesting Brittany at some point in time started reading books on learning styles and uh personality styles mm-hmm. and you would come to me and tell me stuff because your kid our kids were like your um uh, what do you call it? Guinea pigs. Your guinea pigs, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And so you would come to me and go, "Mom, I think that he is auditory, and that's why he's not doing really well with this." And I'd be like, "Okay, let's <laughs> change that." <laughs> and you know, it, it it was like the Lord just used my kids, who were clearly becoming 
uh, more knowledgeable than me <laughs> by 11, 12, 13 years old in certain areas. And they would share with me um, what they thought or their viewpoint or what they were learning or what they'd observed. Jenna was just, she was so good with the babies and she would point out stuff that, you know, as a busy mom, I might not have noticed about that baby. Silas's ITP rash. Right. Yes. (laughs) Again, a whole nother podcast, but she had pointed that out to me and I hadn't, didn't really notice. And, um, I, yeah, I mean, God used it to help us get him the help that he needed in that particular instance. But, um, I started to learn so much from my kids as they started kind of launching out into different areas of interest that they were researching and studying, which they had the afternoon to do mm-hmm. every single day because we really tried to keep our schoolwork um, in the morning to, so we were I can done I honestly noon. say like if I stretched it out and drug my feet, it would take me about four hours to do all my schoolwork. Right. I remember that too. And that was what grade though? That was in early high school. Right. Yeah. So, so it was like junior high, high, high school. Pretty difficult transition Right. In my education to, you know, cramming everything in before right. you graduate. But yeah, that the most at the most intense time, mm-hmm. it took me about four hours. Right. Right. And and that's, you know, that's just, that's how we rolled. Our, mm-hmm. our kids had to do a whole lot more than that. And part of it was we had five boys and that's it. That's the next yeah. podcast I'll be talking about <laughs> boys. So, um, but for our family, we just, that just, it was a lifestyle. There was so much living to be done alongside mm-hmm. of each other. And so that worked really well for us. And I'm loving the results. I feel like our kids are um, great adults. They understand, they have a real life perspective. Um, they, they're just, they were ready. They were ready for life and, and they're, and they're navigating it well. So, so far, so good. Yay. <laughs> um, but our kids would love it when we would ask them about what they learned and and have them help us implement those things like we were just talking about. Um, Brittany also studied personalities, which I had done some of. We had learned some of that um, in, uh, I don't know, some marriage class we were in or something. Hidden it keys was Gary's, to loving relationships. Yes, it was Gary Smalley. Love Gary Smalley. Classic. He's gone on to be I with liked the Lord the videos. since then, but I couldn't, oh, I couldn't do all the reading for it. I loved the videos, right. obviously visual, right here, but <laughs> obviously, <laughs> no, no doubt here. Learn um, by doing, yeah. And so we, um, this was super helpful. Okay, so when Brittany and, and started talking about the different personalities, and Jenna was chiming in too, she was understanding it as well, and then I was remembering from what we had learned. Um, in our marriage class years ago, um, this was super helpful for us in understanding each of our kids and why they would respond to certain things the way that they did. You know, something that would bother one wouldn't bother another. And, and nothing bothered Ben. Bother say I personality. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so um, we, it really helped us uh, all to learn grace for each other because we understood, you know, that personality is, you know, way more uptight about these certain things. Mm-hmm. So we learned the positives and the negatives yeah. to each of it. And we could be more gracious with each other and have more understanding. Well, and it was an amazing practice field. I mean, oh yeah, here I am and I have what, like nine other people in this household right? that 
all have different personalities. So I felt like by the time I got my first job, I went to work and I had everybody figured out right. within a couple of weeks. Right. Okay, so I can obviously tell this person is this personality, so I'm sure this is important to them. And right. Pretty much pegged them all. I was like, oh, that's a Luke, that's a Ben, that's a dad, <laughs> my boss, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. But, you know, it's nothing's intimidating and you're, it helps you, it really helps you in the workplace. Exactly. A lot. Yeah. Workplace and then in marriage mm-hmm. because chances are you're going to marry Someone, I some personality that has your personality. I really haven't. <laughs> well, get on the stick, lady. <laughs> some otter, no, not much otter, lots of lion, yeah. I think. Yeah, Gary Small used <laughs> animals to describe it, but there's also mm-hmm. letters, I think, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there's and also letters. So there's different ways you can look at it, but I like the animals because it helped me, like, remember, okay, what does that animal do? Mm-hmm. Like, a lion is just right. like, rah, they make a it lot of noise. It was a good visual. Good visual. <laughs> right, it was a good visual. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gee. we're getting a theme here. Hmm. Visual, visual learners. Visual learners here. Hmm, okay. <laughs> so, um, so that was really helpful. The other thing is, now, hold on to your shorts, people. Understanding the difference between boys and girls. Yes, there is a difference. And if you don't think there is, you probably should stop listening to this podcast right now. (laughs) Because uh, take it from people who lived in, you know, it was a six six men, four, or six male, four female household. There is clearly a difference. And it's consistent. Mm -hmm. Pretty darn consistent. So God created us this way. He created us equal but different. And that was something that we emphasized in our house. We respected the gender roles. We expected the, um, you know, not that, obviously, I don't know, I really have to say this, but obviously. Without boxing in. Exactly, because there are women who are called to, you know, different things and men who are called to different things. But I'm just saying in general, we all know, let's just say it, we all know they're different and they tend to go down these specific roads or go into these specific right. roles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the, the interesting thing is that we all, we, tr- we really made a point of making sure that we not only understood that, but we respected it. Like the girls, um, we, we demanded respect for the girls from the boys. Mm-hmm. We demanded respect for the girls, uh, you know, to the boys because and that was easier to do when we understood this is how we were wired. This is mm-hmm. how we're created. And it's a huge segue into marriage. It really is. It really is. And these these girls, I mean, they learned, you know, they learned guys are like this. Guys are like this. This is what they do. And so it wasn't... Um, Without accepting the cruddy side well, of exactly. what everyone expects right. from guys. You right. Know? Exactly. That's not expecting, an excuse for sin. And mm-hmm. Expecting uh, having higher expectations of them, but also respecting their weaknesses. Right. And and helping them in their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's okay to have weaknesses. Um, we're not going to boast on them yeah. and brag on them. And we're, you know, like some people will say, boys will be boys. And, and yeah. who knows what that means, and we all you really know? Right. <laughs> Despite being so close together and, like, in such a large household, we all really did respect each other's privacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll tell you in a big family, there's there's no privacy at all. And it's, that's not true. Like, right. I felt like we had 
Plenty of privacy. Which is interesting because for several years we were in a very small house yes. for 10 people. Oh, yes. And can we I just all say? all shared a bathroom. That's right. And you mm-hmm. guys still told me. When I've asked several of the kids, when was the time that you most bonded together? And they all said it was in that small mobile home we mm-hmm. lived in. It was, you know, it was 1,800 square feet. because what, four of us were hitting puberty at that time? <laughs> and the girls' <laughs> room was literally like maybe... Eight by ten. Eight by ten. Yep. And there were two teenagers and a I don't know what was she. JoJo. She was <laughs> like and a JoJo. Four. And a JoJo. And a JoJo. She was like five, six. JoJo was very big gap between the girls, the older girls, and our youngest girl. And so there was all of that, mm-hmm. all those dynamics going. Her on toys all would be all time. over the place. Brittany's books would be all over the place. My clothes would be all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and it was just no. it was all. Yeah, lots going on and all different ways that they had to grow and learn. Okay, so um, okay, so I was going to talk a little bit about Jenna because you were so great with the babies, so observant, able to figure mm-hmm. them out. Um, you were an amazing cook. You and she would use spices that were like outside the box. I would be like, "You're you're going to do what? You're going to put what in there?" <laughs> and it would taste good. And so one of the things I tried to do is let her get creative in the kitchen. Um, which was helpful for me, um, but it also, I think, uh, gave her an area of creativity. And confidence. And confidence. Yeah, exactly. Knowing and, that I could go into a kitchen and pretty much dig anything out of the freezer in the mm-hmm. pantry and throw together some kind of lunch. You're like, exactly. You're like warm. a seasoning magician. She is. I still call you it all the time. What, what can I mix with this? And does this go together? <laughs> no, do not do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> Do this okay, instead. Got it. <laughs> I text you all the time because our kids don't let us really talk as right. much yes. anymore. Texting is great that is way, wonderful. isn't it? Yeah. Um, you loved history, and you would often share. She would often share a lot of history and details around certain events in history, just because it was interesting to her. And this would happen in conversation, but a lot at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of history our kids <laughs> learned from Jenna, who was just sharing what she learned and what was fascinating to her. You know, someone would yeah. mention a period of time, and she would jump in and share all these details. And we're just like, "Wow, really?" I mean, even me, the homeschooling mom. <laughs> See, you don't have to know everything to homeschool your kids, right? <laughs> I, clearly, I am the perfect example of that. Um, but yeah, she's told me so many things I had no idea, and it was just really fascinating and interesting. So hopefully you're getting a little bit of a picture here of, of what happened with us and what happened for us in our situation. And maybe God is giving, starting to give you a little clearer vision of what he has for your family. And that's my hope and prayer through this podcast is that you will become more content with where God's put you and where you're homeschooling from and learn to kind of homeschool from that And place. just relax mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. like Because you'll have stories like this your, too. Your kids mm-hmm. are going to learn so much from life that you don't even know they're learning. That's exactly I don't right. know if, Mom, did you have a whole lot of confidence that I would pass the state science test? No. Be honest now. Because we hadn't done any curriculum. I was but like, she had, sure, go take it. She That'd had be great. no idea how many things I'd soaked up oh, just right. from life and experimenting in the it, kitchen, too. And, and actually, when that happened, it really was a, a faith booster for me. I realized God really, really was covering the areas I couldn't, I couldn't cover. And he was being really gracious and, and I just really kind of needed to get out of the way. That's got your back. Exactly. And have some faith in your kids' smarts, you know? Yeah, their, their <laughs> ability to learn on their own is fascinating. I think that's the thing I've noticed the most is what kept you guys from being, what helped you become lifelong learners was 
keep you from getting burnt out by mm-hmm. pushing a bunch of bark. Well, it's, it's kind of like a sponge. If you squeeze a sponge tightly, it's not going to soak anything up. Right. If you let it go, oh, oh, all of a sudden it's absorbing listen. everything around it. Exactly. Word and picture it's number relaxed. four. It's for having a really tight lesson plan. We were just saying, lesson plans are for moms. They're not for yeah. the kids. They're right. for moms. Like, half the time. I mean, totally maybe in high mom. school. but Right. Yeah. She, she'd like... Be talking about okay. I think I want to do this for you this year. This, this, and this. We'll do this curriculum, and we're like, sure, mom. You know, we're kind of like glazing over. <laughs> Clearly, it yeah. was not. Like, but it's some of it when worked, you know some of it didn't. When we, you we know you're running up to long going. Like, I want a lesson plan. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. You need something to work off, but like not having it so strict that you have right. no time for life. Right. Because once you're done with book work, you're Outline. like, I don't have a life. Exactly. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things I wanted you guys to do was to absorb whatever you were reading. Say it was mm-hmm. like history. To do it your own way. For some of you, that was writing a summary. summary. Others, it was going over review questions. I let you navigate that. Mm -hmm. You had to do something Mm -hmm. at the end to make sure that you kind of had grasped some of that. But you guys kind of picked and chose what worked for you. And, you know, like I said, me getting out of the way without even knowing it was really the best thing I could have done. And feeling free to voice your opinion that, hey, this doesn't work for me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No. Exactly. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah, and at some point when they got old enough, especially, um, I would ask them, you know, okay, so you need to get a science uh, credit. How do you want to go about doing that? Here are some options. Yeah, not just what book do you want to do. Right. How do you want to go right. go about that? Exactly. And then we could think about it and come back later. You know, I think this is what I want to do. Right. Or you could try it, and then oh, that doesn't work for me. Right. Because what what else can we try? And how many times did we actually finish our curriculum every year? <laughs> if, if they were in a workbook or something. <laughs> Finish it up over the summer a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of there, pressure. I was more like, you know, I felt like, you know, finish the book, get the credit, you know. Right. Yeah. Which when but it came to high school. That was in high school. Yes. That's like, you know, yeah. that was like, senior that was year. when I learned the least, I think, was just getting through those books and right. digesting them. It but, was just But like, don't you oh. think that a lot of them overlap because so many kids take the summer off and then they have to review. So there's all this review that happens yeah. in the fall, um, which actually covers the tail end of the curriculum you supposedly finished, mm-hmm. if you finished it. Um, and f- for us, we would kind of still dabble in it throughout the summer Tuesdays so that the Thursdays. kids wouldn't yes yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays and it was summer. not very long and it we were very like well a, rewarded for wasn't like a normal <laughs> it wasn't like a normal school day yeah. it's not like we took normal school days and threw them into summer and it was maybe like an hour or two you kind right. of focused on your problem areas too like history I knew I could just pick up history right at the yeah. end so just leave that for summer. The summer but I felt like so, I had to dabble in math yeah you a couple times fresh. a week during the summer, and then I did so much better in the fall. Yeah. Right, right. And see, you hear what's happening here is they figured out how uh, how to get through the material, and, and not just how to get through the material, but they learned how to identify their weak spots and then work themselves on those weak areas. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and in reality, though, that was, it was the heat of summer. Yeah. Right. You know, it's really hot outside. You can only hide out inside. So we weren't right. wasting our summertime. We didn't feel too No, no. Because we a lot were of times, hiding out from all the heat. Exactly. And you're spending like work. two hours on it maybe. Right. right. And, and a lot of times we would go swimming afterwards. Yeah, we would go we'd swimming. do something mm-hmm. fun. You'd say, hey, get through your book work. We're going to go to the river. We're going to pack a lunch. And right. Or you do it when we get back. <laughs> yes. When you're good and tired. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes the Over afternoons. Over nap time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it was super hot outside, you couldn't do anything outside. Or you'd take so. your book work outside. Right. 
Just don't let the goats eat it. Right. That happened Get a tan and do math book. I lost a math book to a goat. Actually, I felt pretty good about it because I wasn't a huge math fan. She was good with goat eating homework. Yeah, there's a new one, right? So I think one of the interesting things is just Again, how we learn teamwork, working hard together. Um, I brought the kids alongside me out in the garden, even though they hated it half the time. Um, I asked them to help me. Slave driver in the garden. (laughs) Wasn't that bad? All right. You liked weeding. It it was fun walking in the dirt near bare feet on a regular basis. Yes, that's true. That's true. She she did not like weeding. Can is that? It was used as punishment early on in my childhood, and I never got over it. Apparently, it was effective. She's going to need therapy. I don't have any flower beds right now if anyone wants to know. <laughs> she kills everything. It all dies. Hey, tried. my kid is alive. That's what matters, right? Yeah, my right? kid's yes. alive. Focus so, on priorities here. <laughs> so, um, the other thing I did was, was I would ask them to come alongside me and help solve problems. Now, especially with the boys, this was a really good thing. And I'll talk more about this in the, in the podcast that I do on boys. But they love to be the hero, and they love to conquer. So, hey, mm-hmm. the dishwasher isn't working. I Can need you toilet paper. Figure out. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, that was me because nobody else can like actually refill the toilet paper. This in this is family. true. Okay. It's still a problem. <laughs> We're working on it. Getting touchy there. Our strong oh areas. my goodness. <laughs> yes, right. fixing the dishwasher. Fixing the dishwasher. I would have them, you know, if something was broken and like I can't, I can't deal with this problem. You know, I would be like, ooh, call a boy, see see mm-hmm. what he can do, see what, what he can pull Jake off. Fix a uh, coffee grinder. Coffee grinder. Here's three, four, maybe. Yeah, four he took old. it apart and, and put it put, back together, and it worked. And and so that was kind of my first introduction to hey. You know these kinds of things. Maybe I should think about asking the boys to do, to do. And, and they so, love that. And they would love. Mm-hmm. They would love it. And man, they would be bound and determined. But they loved to sweep in and be the hero. And so, um, just you you can that utilize problem. that to your advantage. Okay, we should. Um, that was free. You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a freebie. Yeah, I enjoyed that. So, um, like I said before, we gave them the basics: reading, writing, and math. So they had the tools to learn whatever they wanted to. So these basics. Um, like would be seasoned differently for each family depending on where they're homeschooling from. Like I know families who are super musical and those basics actually come out of this musical aspect for them and maybe they're reading and they're writing or whatever and and even math can come out of music. But you know if you're musical and that's your you know your thing that's going to come naturally for you. It's going to be something that you love and you're passionate about and and you share that with your kids and you teach them the basics through some of those types of things. Um, So I love the different seasonings like, you know, we can do with cooking. There's so many different seasonings. It's the same thing with homeschooling. We can really um, have a vast and varied look to each of our homeschooling journeys. Um, And it still is successful. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It just smells different. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's another word picture for you people. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's on a roll. Sponges and seasonings and smell your homeschooling. I right, try. exactly. Smell your way to homeschooling. What's your scent? <laughs> I think we should start a book. What's your blend? I think you totally can do that. <laughs> so basically what we're wanting to do is we're wanting to instill in our kids. Actually, kids are born with a love for learning. It's we parents who sometimes, you know, suck mm-hmm. it out of them. 
by burning them out and saying, um, we're basically showing them that learning isn't fun. And it does, because they're natural learners, can I just say it does take quite a bit to do that to them. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so if you're finding yourself in that position right now, you can, you can make a comeback. Don't feel like you're stuck. It varies from child to child too. Their limits. Some of them really like the book work. Some of them are your classic, like, yep. Public school, and nothing wrong they work with that. well. They in work that well scenario. in that, like the Frame, traditional, the studying. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I, I think it serves. I, I heard a, a statistics the other day that it actually serves about thirty percent of the students. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And often a family will, like I said, have its own flavor. Some families love these big, huge textbooks, and they get super excited about that. We are not one of those families. Yeah. We look at them and go oh my goodness, you're not going to make me do that, are you? The kids say it, and the mom says it We would it too. measure them. Remember that, Brittany? <laughs> yeah, we'd be like, okay, if I'm moving at a rate of like two pages per day, how long is it going to take We were doing math get about the math sucker? book. Well, but we I mean, weren't actually doing the I'll math book. done when I'm 26. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh that's my so goodness. funny. It yes. kind of felt like a... But there are punch when our curriculum arrives. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But then you get into it and you but actually start enjoying it. And there are kids that are excited about exactly. that. And my, that's I was great. excited about my history books. Yeah. We love the mystery of history. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay, so we, we do, we instill, not instill, we encourage this love for learning by not burning them out because we know they're natural learners. We give them time. We talked a lot about that. Just being able to have the time and the space that they need to do, to follow their interests. You know, they're going to follow a lot of interests that never pan out to anything, Mm -hmm. but they've got the experience is still a learning Mm -hmm. situation. And we, um, the second thing is we teach them to be resourceful, Mm -hmm. how to find out what it is that they want to know. Kids, I, I kid you not, they are I feel like they're almost born resourceful as well, but there are a lot of things that I think a parent can add, you know, can definitely give them some direction on. Right, because you're still the parent. Exactly. And and you also want to teach them how to navigate the internet safely, you know, mm-hmm. so there's that aspect of it. Um, Just not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing is a work ethic, okay? So, um, you know, which... That is really what is imperative for real life is, is mm-hmm. if you've got a work ethic, um, which many kids are lacking right now. My husband has a phenomenal work ethic. He never went to college, um, but he managed a multi-million dollar business at the age of, from the age 20 to 24. He now owns his own business and runs it with his brother. And there is nothing that you can tell him he can't do. Because he will yeah. do it just to spite you. Like, he's completely <laughs> exactly and driven. He, he was homeschooled. And he was homeschooled. Just say that. And then also, I, I remember seeing him pick up textbooks um, because of the particular business he was managing. He wanted to learn a whole lot more. And so he was like, he was plowing through books, basically teaching himself. And, mm-hmm. and from what I'm reading um, about the millennials is this is what they rock at, is they will hack their way mm-hmm. to their career. It's very different than it used to be. Yes. Um, it used to be you go to high school, you go to college, and that was the only way to have a successful career. Exactly. It is not the case anymore. I did not want to marry a college student. I wanted to marry a lifelong learner. Right, which you certainly did, <laughs> you know, and so did Brittany. Mm-hmm. Jacob is... Jacob is awesome he is a hard worker he is and he's just he's got a great work ethic he's done public private and homeschool yep. and he i think homeschool was 
Yep. His choice, for sure. It right. was his choice. Right. He's right. told me that many times. That is awesome. So um, so we're teaching them work ethic, which we all know they don't necessarily enjoy this part. <laughs> this is the part that Jenna talked about earlier, one of them, where mm-hmm. you will often get weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and you're such a mean mom. That yes. means you're doing something right. Right. There you go. Okay, you might want to stop now, rewind, listen to that again. Because they're not going to like it a lot of the time. But I can tell you from experience, we've graduated five so far. Not one of them has has said, I wish you wouldn't have done that. No. They have all said, come back to me and said, I hated that part. I hated this thing, that thing, or the other thing. But I'm so glad you made me do it. There's things I hated then but missed now. Like putting up wood for the winter was hard work. You're out in the cold all day chopping wood and stacking wood. And then at the end of it, you know, that was the reward. You right. teach them to learn to love that feeling of accomplishment. Right. That is so important mm-hmm. that they understand that, that they can actually, they can be content with just the feeling of a, a good way, a right. good day's work done. And that's a hard thing to teach kids in this day and age it when is. our world is all about instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You teach them the hard-earned gratification. Right. Like, I remember Delayed Luke. gratification. How old is Luke now? He's 19. Yeah, but back then he was quite a bit younger, and we had to put up hay, tons of hay, for all our animals mm-hmm. for the winter. And he and Dad and I and Jake would all buck hay, and half of them had hay fever. Right. But you weren't calling Luke and saying, oh, it's okay. If you have hay fever, you don't have to help. Right. He stayed out there. Right. Yeah. And maybe he took a Benadryl and a hot shower lately, later to kind of clear out his poor sinuses. Right. But, like, you didn't mollycoddle him. He just he accomplished it and conquered it, and he felt so good. That little kid, little boy, felt so good about and himself. he's a good worker. There is, there is a really huge amount of confidence that comes mm-hmm. with our kids learning how to work hard. Um, so I can't even, you know, emphasize that enough. So, um, so the three things that I mentioned, the love for learning, the being resourceful and the work ethic, um, these are the glue really that holds whatever curriculum you do together. You know, they are more important than the curriculum itself because if they have these, they can do anything. Um, Mm -hmm. so it really is so much simpler than we often make it. Um, but it's not tangible. Um, it can be measured. It cannot be measured by a written test. I hate testing, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. Um, I know sometimes it's a necessary evil, but we. I remember I would I would have you guys do oh the gosh. necessary legal testing, but I would not tell them what the results were. I just didn't tell them because you told I me once and it tore me apart. <laughs> well, because she was insistent. Because you were I like, was insistent I on just knowing. Right. And it ended up being a completely bogus thing anyway. And I thought my intelligence was being measured on this. Right. Scale. And no matter how many times you tell them it's not, they don't understand it. There's there's a they have to basically practically be an adult with real life experience mm-hmm. to be able to understand how little this test really means. Yeah. So you can talk till you're blue in the face, but they're not gonna they're not gonna buy it. Yeah. They're gonna look at it and think it's a measure of their intelligence. And self-worth. Like exactly. honestly, it hurts. Yeah, exactly. And and we I just didn't want that for our kids. So now there was a time later on when they were in high school that they wanted to take the test and they wanted to know, and I could tell that it was going to be okay. Like they wanted it to challenge themselves yeah. to say, okay, I need to make well, some improvements. And you're, mature, yes. you're a lot more mature by then. You have a little bit more perspective. Exactly. I took some sort of a placement test in grade school. And then years later I took the state test so I could get my 
right. my diploma from the um, district, and I aced the high school one. Right. My scores were through the roof. Right. But it was simply because... But it, and it couldn't be measured It couldn't that be early. measured that early. No, you can't measure right. potential. Right. Well, and not to mention, I mean, when we were doing it, it was, yeah, the state test you took in order to get your oh, diploma. Was awful. You had to go to classes <laughs> to learn how to take the test. Yeah. I, I swear the only reason we passed that was because we were good learners. We went to those classes. We sponged up everything right. they told us. Then we passed. Yeah. Well, I just remember you coming home and just being like, this is the stupidest thing ever. I know. A test ever. you have to be, you have to learn to oh, take. Oh, goodness. I was so furious about She was It was furious. so unfair. I felt like it was just so unfair. They I were just wanted the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. I should have relaxed and just said I was there for the snacks. I was but so mad. But she's a type A and she's an oldest child. My dad had so to talk me down a little did, bit. He did. And he was like, look, sometimes in life you got to go through hoops. And these are just some hoops that you have to go through. They don't mean anything. It was still hard, I think, even at that age. But, yeah. you know, once a once a, a young person is, like, well into their teens, probably 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there, their brain finally is to the point where they can de- uh, they develop logic, where they can actually mm-hmm. think something through mm-hmm. all the way to the end. Like, before that, they cannot simply because they're developmentally not able to it's not because they're not smart it's not because uh, it's just they're not ready for that kind of information Mm -hmm. and we need to be sensitive to that when we're dealing with our kids and testing or in how we're teaching them at home and tests are stressful like your brain is functioning at about 50 percent when you're stressed right that's what i remember about tests. Now, I know that some places, I have friends who have homeschooled for years, and there is a uh, there can be a certified teacher, somebody um, who does this for a living. They go in and they assess their kids in a very friendly family-type mm-hmm. setting where they're just talking with them through conversation. It's not mm-hmm. testing. It's them just kind of asking the right questions. To Getting be able to, to know your kid. Exactly, but also understanding <clears throat> through a series of questions in a relational way what it is this child knows. Mm -hmm. And then they write up their assessment and they send it to the state and that replaces the standardized testing. So you might want to check into that possibility in your area. I know it's uh, that you can do it in Washington state. I don't know about everybody everywhere else, but um, we're now in North Carolina. So I have all new, new things to learn. But so um, anyway, so we're, we're saying it, you know, this intelligence, um, can't be measured by a written test. What our kids are learning often cannot be uh, measured by that. It's really measured day to day by we parents who are with our kids. Um, it's obtained simply by being faithful to the basics as consistently as possible. Um, and that was one thing I realized after many years of homeschooling. It wasn't the big leaps in learning. It was the plotting, the faithfulness to the basics, and then letting our kids, you know, explore from there and experiment from there. That really was the foundation for our kids and gave them a good, solid, solid education. Um, you know, it happens that we as a family, we uh, th- this happens as we love and engage with our kids day in and day out. Um, in an unhurried atmosphere. You know, I'm always talking about that because it's so important. We we tend to go off on tangents when we're in a hurry. 
and we get stressed and we're not thinking clearly. And so it's so important that we take the time to pull back and listen to the Lord's voice. And he, he will speak to you about your kids and about what he has for them. And it's our job to slow our hearts down, to listen to that voice. We've got to find contentment in where God has us and be able to trust that he's sovereign over our lives and our kids' lives that he's able to do more than we could ask or imagine. He loves our kids more than we do, and and he will use our specific story as a homeschooling family to prepare our kids for what he has for them. So your specific, um, unique story is what God is, is, that's where he's writing it, is right where you are. Um, So be thinking about where you are and, and praying about how God would have you homeschool from the situation you're currently in. And the last thing is to bathe our kids in prayer. I think that was the biggest thing for me is in order to not fall prey to feeling inadequate and like I wasn't doing enough, it really required me to keep bringing it back to the Lord and asking him what he wanted. And then to be watching where God was working um, in our kids' lives and cooperate with what he was doing in, in that particular moment on that particular day. And uh, I've heard it uh, said this way, our job is to facilitate what God orchestrates. And that's what that looks like. Um, so I'm hoping that you were encouraged today. Um, and I'm so glad my girls got to be here today. <laughs> um, so thank you for being here. And now we're going to go out for coffee and walk around downtown <laughs> before, and do some girly stuff. Before the children wake up. Oh. Before the children wake up. At this point, they're probably already wake <laughs> We have a babysitter, right? Oh, she's the, the best. The 15-year-old. Does she know is, she's babysitter? She knows. She knows. <laughs> Thank you, JoJo. We love you. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to take a quick minute here and pray over you guys, and um, and we'll, uh, we'll get together next week on the next podcast. So Lord, we just come before you today. We thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are such a creative God, um, that you can work in any and all circumstances, Lord, to, um, to help us educate our kids, to grow our kids, to raise our kids for you, God. Help us to take the time to listen for your voice and give, I just pray for these moms that are listening right now, that you would give them clarity of heart and mind as they think through some of the things we talked about today. God, I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, you would just shine the light on areas that maybe they need to just set aside and not worry about right now. And then also shine the light on the areas where they need to focus and um, be more intentional, God. And so I just pray that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, um, just minister to each mom who's listening right now, God. I pray that you would fill their homes with your peace and your presence, God, that you would bless their marriages. And Father, that you would just um, just watch over them this week, Lord. Um, give them a joyful week with their kids, Father. And um, we just thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you have freedom for us in our homeschooling. In Jesus' name, amen. We don't have to come to God like somebody else. We come to him like we are. And a lot of times that means that I start my prayer time with, God, just show me my heart. Show me where I am. God, show me truth about myself so I know how to follow you. Sing this prayer with us. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, 
Lord Here's my heart, Lord Speak what is true Sing that again, here's my heart Here's my heart, Lord Can you pray that to Him? Here's my heart, Lord Here's my heart, Lord Speak truth, Lord Speak what is true I am found I am yours I am loved I'm made pure I have life I can breathe I am healed I am free my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Cause I am found. I am King through 